0: Every business has 10 problems at any given time that need to be solved. And the way we solve our problems is by asking questions and getting answers that help us to get to the next step, to get into action and try things. Because we can't just solve problems in thought, we need to actually take action. And to help you get into action, to help you feel confident and provide clarity so you know what to do next, I am hosting two free, completely free, live Ask Me Anything sessions on May 21st and May 22nd. They are divided by pre-launch. If you haven't launched yet, I'll take questions about that. And then post-launch, if you have a business and you're ready to grow it, or maybe you have questions about whether you checked all the boxes correctly, I'll focus on those questions. And to register totally free, you go to foodbizsuccess.com forward slash AMA 2024. Get yourself registered. You can come to one or both of them, and it's a way for you to get to know me And my expertise after working with hundreds of packaged food brands and helping them launch and scale to 100K and beyond, this is a great way for you to come and ask that burning question so you get an answer and can move forward and get more success more quickly. When we get into motion and action, we see success and we get momentum. So come join me. Get yourself registered. The link is also below in the description. See you there. Welcome to your food business success. This podcast is for early stage entrepreneurs in the packaged food industry ready to finally turn that delicious idea into reality. I'm your host, Sari Kimball. I have guided hundreds of food brand founders to success as an industry expert and business coach, and it's got to be fun. In this podcast, I share with you mindset tools to become a true entrepreneur and run your business like a boss, interviews with industry experts to help you understand the business you are actually in, and food founder journeys so you can learn what worked and didn't work and not feel so alone in your own journey. Now let's jump in. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This one's really special for me. I'm really excited to welcome Robin Hanover. So, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here, especially kind of going through our journey of working together these past few months. And I'm super excited to share with your listeners. Yeah.
0: So why don't you just give us a little brief introduction about you before we jump into our chat today?
1: Yeah, so I'm Robin Hanover. I am a financial consultant and coach. Um, I have been in the financial industry since 1985, Um, crazy, Uh, and I have um, spent most of my career as a traditional financial planner and advisor and as i've been in the industry for so long i realize that there is definitely something missing in our industry as far as having deep conversations around you know the emotions around money the behaviors around money that we make that are based on the thoughts or or what We assume to be true, and all of these rules of like you should be doing this with your retirement or X with your 401k. And you know, I'm kind of bucking the system a little bit, and you know, and I I feel like I have the expertise and now the um the age behind me, the wisdom and experience, yeah, the wisdom, (laughs) the wisdom, you know, at 57. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I think it's really important because even when I have, you know, I work with clients on a, a variety of ways, but, you know, everyone makes those emotional decisions around their money. And, you know, sometimes we need to stop and ask the question, are, are these my beliefs or where did I pick these up from? You know, did I get them from my parents? Did I get them from Googling from my coworkers? <laughs> you know, where? what do I really, yeah. yeah, what do I really believe about the money that I'm making or, and or not making? and um, yeah, so we dive into that
0: well, I definitely um have thought about doing this podcast for a long time. I knew back when I hired you in August, I'm like, there will be a podcast, so here we are. <laughs> I want um, well, first of all, I want to preface this to say, uh, I asked you to be open and. I am willing to be very open and vulnerable about my journey, uh, with money. And so for those of you listening, get ready, (laughs) buckle up. This might, there might be tears. There might be, um, you're going to get a little, uh, you know, peek inside some of my, my brain and, and things going on around money. Um, but I, I really started in 2022, um, I started really thinking about my money as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. I and just honestly, as a woman <laughs> getting older, right? I definitely have thoughts or had thoughts about I'm not good with money. I um I re- I get it in and then I spend it just as fast. Um, and some of those like fantasy thoughts of like it's just it'll all work out. It's fine, right? And I have never really taken ownership of my money. I It seems daunting. It seems scary, um, overwhelming, and frankly, just terrifying, right? <laughs> so because yeah. of what might be on the other side, right? The fear of like, oh my gosh, I've screwed my life for the future, right? I've always yeah. been one of those people that really lives in the moment. Like it's a little bit of that blind um, abundance around, like, it'll be fine. Just live in the moment now. I tend to be one of those people. So in 2022, I just noticed myself thinking about it more. Um, I remember in June, I asked a good friend of mine, a coach friend, who's also an attorney. And I was asking about money and like, you know, thinking about a little bit about retirement and investing and kind of thinking about those. And he said to me, I said, you know, I just want you to, I just want to hire somebody to do it for me. And he was like, you have to know this yourself. You have yeah. to learn it. And I was like, but I don't want to. Can I, I just know. hire somebody to <laughs> manage all of this? And he's like, you got to know this. You have to. And I that stayed with me. And that was in June. And then that summer, I just kind of kept thinking about it. And then I heard a podcast with you on it. And it just really resonated with me. And so I, yeah, found myself being like, who is this woman? Let me (laughs) me go learn about her. And I actually just, I just listened to that podcast again um, to kind of prepare like, what was it about that? Um, And so we'll talk a little bit more about that here coming up. But I reached out to you and I just resonated right away. Um, We we're like 10 years apart, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we weirdly had like very similar journeys, right? Yes, like yes. fathers dying very early. Yeah. Way too early. Yeah. Um, weight issues, yes. right? Being very overweight and then yep. losing the weight. Um, and I think maybe some similar money issues, or mm-hmm. but you know, I felt like I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah this is wild, like how yes. similar similar paths we've been on in many ways, but I felt very um what i what I did love about you is that it wasn't just coaching, it was also it was you know that's important. I mean, I'm a coach, I know that's important, and there's plenty of money mindset coaches out there. yeah I wanted somebody who could teach me about money could yes. help me get things in order. Who, frankly, you know, I listen to your stuff and I'm like, she's a badass. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I pictured you in the 80s walking around the, you know, the stock market. Wall oh Street God. <laughs> with
1: your shoulder pads, yes, yes, I know so <laughs> true. tailored
0: suits and whatnot. So, um, I was like, she knows her stuff. So I engaged you as my coach. We worked together for six months, And so I want to talk about we'll talk about that journey a little bit, yeah, yeah, so I just want to kind of give people the background of, you know, my story. And I knew that I had it was time, as terrifying as it was to look at my money. Right. And yes. I'm an entrepreneur who's starting to make really good money in my yes. business. And yes. I was terrified to look at it. I was terrified that it would go away. I was terrified <laughs> that <laughs> I would do something wrong. Um, and so actually I want to start there and talk about um I guess just as entrepreneurs, you know, I coach high achievers um, who are probably trying to do it all right. But um, sometimes we avoid this money piece. So let's just talk about kind of the things that we avoid and why it's so important to know. Yeah.
1: Well, I think, you know, a lot of that goes back to when we're first looking at money or even thinking about money. You know, I'm a Gen Xer. So you know, I, I started working when I was 11, you know, babysitting or whatever. And, um, you know, I remember, I remember my parents saying, I think Gloria Vanderbilt jeans were like the hit back then. And I'm thinking, I really want a pair of those. And so I will give credit, especially to my dad. Um, he, I've, I'm from a family of entrepreneurs. And so my grandfather was a very successful entrepreneur. My dad was in the printing industry so I, and my aunt um, was uh, one of the first nursery plant owners here in the state of Florida. Um, so it's really interesting how the family dynamic was always about the security with being an entrepreneur. But there's also, you know, with that, there's a lot of things that you got of, you know, juggle being an entrepreneur. And one of that is really looking at your expenses and, and what's coming in and what's going out. And, you know, when you get to a point where you can hire a CFO and they take over for you, that's great. But I still believe when you are an owner of your business, you need to learn how to wash your own dishes. And that comes especially with your money. You've got to be able, you know, even though at some point you hand it over to someone, you've got to be able to know the basic foundations of like what's coming in, what's going out, where's your overhead, do you have too much, your margins. Um, you know, even just your general spending. So when you're an entrepreneur, you, it still overflows into your own personal spending. You know, we take a you know, if you're an S corp or you know sole proprietor, or whatever that is, they they're commingled on some level. So I think one of the most important places where we started is all right. Well, let's look at really what's coming in and what's going out, and for that. That is probably one of the most, I think, for you, especially too. And actually, most of my clients, when they're not used to, you know, I like to say they're kind of keeping the head in the sand and knowing that it's always going to work out, which it does, but I think it gives you such empowerment, especially as a woman, to realize, okay, got this money coming in, I'm doing great, but what is the issue that I'm not holding on to it? Is there something Mm -hmm. underlying there? And Um, I think for you, it was, you know, and a lot with others, it was, okay, our belief systems, what we were taught and modeling from our parents, going back to that, you know, like, I mean, there's so many thoughts of like, money is evil, or money doesn't grow on trees, or there's, you know, and again, going back to my personal, like, weight journey, it's like, kids are starving, you got to clean your plate, you know, you can't (laughs) leave food, Um, you know, stupid stuff like that, that I'm just like, is this really my belief? Or is it my parents belief or my grandparents belief? And then granted, I mean, my parents were part of the depression era. So I get it. But that scarcity mindset comes up, and it overflows into a lot of pretty much every decision that we make or not make. And it's a really easy thing to recognize, okay, is this scarcity or am I feeling an abundant or, you know, in love? And really the true thing is when you get that visceral feeling of like fear, when you're making a money decision, or when you're opening your bank account and you get that gut feeling of like, oh, that little panicky, like, What's yes. the amount, or if you're constantly <laughs> checking you're not feeling your, well, <laughs> yeah, or if you're constantly checking the balance, you know that's a very common one when you're constantly checking your balances in your account, what's going on? You know, what's underneath that's preventing you either from keeping more money in your account um or making more, and a lot of it goes back to our self-worth and that you know, we're not worthy to get to that multiple six figure level or that seven figure level. And we spend it on stuff that we don't need. And, you know, we go back to think, okay, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And then you get to a point where you were at, just like, you know, sorry, I'm going to swear like a holy shit moment of like, I have nothing in my retirement or, you know, I'm almost 50. And what's happening? And, The beauty of it is, is that it's really not too late to start anywhere where you're at. And really, I kind of started a lot, even though I've been in the industry a long time, you know, the investing piece is completely separate. So it's like, I always, I had my first home at 21, thank God for babysitting money. But again, it was a different time too. You know, I was able to buy and interesting enough, the interest rates were like 10 to 12%. So it's, you know, here we are at February, 2023, and, you know, I get the interest rates are, you know, high, but compared to, you know, back (laughs) then, it's like, "Uh, there's nothing. So, you know, I think just in a roundabout way is, you know, really getting comfortable with just the number. And I think we make it mean something that it's not. And I go back to that story about, you know, when you step on a scale and you're trying to lose weight, you make that number mean something and you give it more power than what it needs to be. And the beauty of numbers, what I love about numbers is that they're clean. They have, they're neutral. There's no meaning toward them. We just have a thought about it. And there we are, and we're often running or not running based on the belief system around the money that we have or not have. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, we're relying so, on the scale or the bank account yes. to give us either feelings of like, Oh, I'm winning! I'm doing this! I can figure this out!" or, "Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I'm a failure! It's all gonna yes. end <laughs> doom yes. and gloom and right, yeah, and and." I kind of did a, a weird hybrid where I was like, "I'm spending money. It's abundant. It's co- It's always coming." But then I also um, was hanging on to a pretty large, in my mind, a large chunk of money—certainly more than I'd ever had in my life before. Where, but I was like terrified yeah. to do anything with it. I didn't know what was my money, what was the business money, what I still needed to pay expenses. Right. It. It, it, and it gave, I mean, it did give me security, right? Yeah. There was a sense of safety when I saw that number, but I I felt like I should be doing something with this that, you know, especially as uh, we talked about, you know, with inflation that we've had, I mean, literally cash in your account loses value, right? You're right. losing money. And I'm like, I probably should be doing something with this, but I don't know what to do. And I don't know what the right thing is. Um, but I, I think as a, as a solopreneur and I'll just, you know, from my experience being a single woman, um, it's extra, right. I mean, I work with people who, um, still have full-time jobs that are, you know, and very lucrative jobs or their husband or, or wife, right. Their spouse is still working, um, and there's security there. Right. But I, as I think, what I realized is I've always, as an entrepreneur, and now I'm in year seven, that I had always had some pretty deep feelings of fear and insecurity and not feeling safe with money. And that was definitely something that came up for us. But I mean, why is it so important that we, because I just feel like as an entrepreneur, like whatever baggage you have as an individual, you're just multiplying it <laughs> a lot. Right. In the business, exactly. Right? Yeah. So yep. how does like when we bring in our personal money drama, all the stories, right, I grew up pretty religious, in a place where women weren't necessarily supposed to work, you weren't supposed yep. to have your own money. Yep. Um, and certainly all the, you know, religious pieces around greed and wealth, but then you yes. layer on just kind of general society and um, some of those messages too. But you know, what, what happens if we continue to operate with the things that
1: we bring into our business? Yeah. It's really interesting because I think, you know, one of the things, and again, I've been an entrepreneur for, you know, 40 years now. And, um, I think the thing that, that what comes up for that I've seen as a regular, um, almost like as a cycle is when you're scaling or when you're trying to scale, it's like, okay, when you leave, like, say you leave a comfort of a W-2 position and you want to launch, you know, your own business, all of that fear comes up because you have this belief system that a W-2 job um, is like your main security. Now, Granted, being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. It really isn't. You nope. got to be. It's <laughs> a roller coaster ride. You got to be up and down. But I got to tell you, you know, when the market crashed in two thousand eight, that was a big wake wake up call for a lot of people because a lot of people did lose their jobs. And again, we're now we're fast forwarding into COVID. Same thing. And to me, security is what I bring to the table. What yeah. I can create. What I can do. And when you start going into that, then you start having these other voices in your head as far as, oh, you can't do that, or you have to do it this way, or, you know, um, you're only, you know, you make a certain amount of money because you don't want to drive, you know, there's embarrassment also too about success. And you know you can. Yeah, you don't friends. want to be too showy. Either, yeah, right? you don't. Yes, that's a big. That was a big one for me. It was like we don't talk about money. Yeah, this is a huge generational thing. We don't speak about it. Um, you keep quiet. You don't buy anything that shows any money, and you know so. It's a very deep-seated belief that you don't realize it's there, yet the same things are starting to happen, meaning you're overspending on your office expenses or margins, and you don't know why. And because a lot of it, when we dive deeper, we realize, okay, I'm not really comfortable having, having, it's being okay with having, Having it's being okay with going to that next level And being okay with rocking the boat a little bit among, you know, your family members, your friends, all of that. And that is the number one thing that I actually see is really not the fear of failure, but the fear of success Mm. and, you know, going to that next level because we're so comfortable staying comfortable and small that we just, we want to get to a level that we're okay, but not like expanding not right. like, don't, you know, yeah. Yes.
0: Well, it's that worry about judgment, right? What people yes. are going to think. And I mean, I think we're kind, at least for me, I was kind of used to people judging me for being bad at money, like having thoughts and whether they did or not, it's, <laughs> I don't know, but I just right. assume that they all were thinking Sari's terrible with money. She can't figure it out. You know, what are we going to do with her? Some of those. But when I started making money and that was very uncomfortable and still is sometimes of like buying things, um, flying first class, buying my condo, buying a nice car, some of those things of like, I, because what happens is we were fear judgment, right? We fear people are going to have thoughts about us showing off or being too much or look at her. And then we're going to be separated from the group. Yes. Yes. Because if people have those thoughts, then they're not going to like, they're going to want to distance themselves from us as well. So it's really not just the judgment, it's the separation that could potentially happen. And, and I've had to deal with that a little bit, frankly, with you know, maybe it's just my thoughts about it, but with my family, I feel like yes. there has been a little, in some yeah. cases, a little bit of distancing where they're kind of yeah. like, what's going on? You know, we don't really know. It's a different version of me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and, and certainly with some friends and things like that, it's, um, it's been a little bit rocky to figure out what that looks like and what this new version of me is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's,
1: it's really true and it's actually probably one of the most powerful things that keeps us small is really the family dynamic and or you know our friend dynamic because um you know it's easier sometimes like i said to stay in that space yet when we step outside and when we start expanding ourselves you know when you're on a growth tra- trajectory not only personally but with your business you know you do have that, there is that lingering of thought of like, well, who are you, you know, who are you? And, um, and, and I think that's really prevalent. And I also think too, it's like, you know, when we make our goals as business owners, and then we get to that goal and we're still not satisfied, satisfied, then that's another piece that we need to look at. It's like, okay, was it the dollars that I wanted in my bank account or the stuff that I could buy with it? Yet I get to that point and I look back and I've lost friends, my family's somewhat distant because I've stepped out of my social economic, you know, boundary, so to speak. And you have to kind of readjust and it takes a a lot. It really is. It's a very emotional space to go. Um, And then, you know, then there's other people that like, just don't give a crap and they just go forward. But I think it's definitely the norm to really dive in and look at, okay, why am I still, or why do I go back, you know, to where it was comfortable. That's a big one because you can make all these goals, you know, the same with weight loss. Like you can lose losing weights easy. It really is. It's the maintaining of it because the exact same thing with money is like people look at you differently, you know, say you lose 30. I mean, I, you and I have lost quite a bit of weight, you know, and so we change your whole life. Right. When you make such a drastic change, people look at you differently. Yeah,
0: people They make it different assumptions for sure. Yes. Yes.
1: And money yeah. is the same exact thing. It really is. So yeah. I find it fascinating. And what I love doing is really working on the tactical piece as far as, okay, Let's make our money work for us. Let's learn how to do, you know, make it compound because there is a magic to it. I believe there's such a magic to money when you actually know how to do some of the foundational detail work and making it work for you, why you don't have to do that much, that compounding factor. Yet you also have to be okay letting that number in your bank account. Say you have, you know, I don't know, 50,000 set aside in your savings account. It's a nice, happy number that when you open your account, you're like, oh, that makes me feel ha- happy and safe. And you touched right. on that.
0: Again, but, thoughts, right? And then right? you're like, It's yeah. not actually the number. It could be $5,000. It could be 500000 yeah. It's whatever I, and I really want to stress that for people listening. Like yes. it's your thought about it. Because yes, it was never enough for me. Like it just kept getting bigger, but I was like, oh, but it's not enough for me to feel yes. safe. Right? Yes. Like to truly internally feel true safety. Yes. yes.
1: And really, what is that? You know what I mean? What is internal safety where, you know, when we release that fear of knowing, and especially as an entrepreneur, if we know that we can go out and get new clients, or we know we or are able to right. make it, we have whatever we have within us, that's drive and tenacity. And you can't teach that. And you can't put a number on that because either way, you know, that you're going to make it. You know, it'll work. And I want to, I think for me,
0: my experience, a couple of things that created safety for me, um, in my thoughts, right. It's not a number, but (laughs) this is coach. This is why we do life coaching is a couple of things. It was, um, understanding and getting educated about my, my money, like what's coming in, what's going out. Um, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about profit first, but implementing that model, like really getting visibility and education and understanding, like knowledge is power, right? Where I was like empowered. Now I understood what was happening in my business and created better systems, but it's also an acknowledgement of resource, like resourcefulness that I've always figured it out. I will continue to figure it out. I have even more tools now with coaching. And I mean, I've had a couple of years now of one-on-one coaching clients. And like, there's a belief, like a solid core belief that does not come from a number in your bank account. It comes from an internal belief that I'm resourceful. I have now, I'm full of resources. I can go figure it out. I can create clients. I can create, you know, uh, I can create money, right, in various ways. Um, so I think those two things are actually really, if I were to say what creates safety, f- at least for me in my experience, was probably those two things. And the second one, I always—it's always a work in progress, right? There's definitely days, right? I've been like. It's all going to fall apart. (laughs) This guy is falling. I doom And And it's about managing my mind, right? There's so much junk in there. And I still have a primitive brain that freaks out when I am going to do something different. I'm going to make a shift or I'm going to try this. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know? Um, So it's a work. It's always, it's a practice. It's not a one time done thing, but it it was a, tr- a transformation. And I think, I mean, it came from two things. It came from the empowerment and the knowledge working with you. And then also just consistently reminding myself and you helping to remind me and other coaches of like, what all I have done to this yeah. point, like I'm still yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. I'm still, you're
1: still there it out. And you're thriving. I mean, and yeah. now, you know, you know, and I think that's, that's why I kind of, you know, um, Again, kind of stepping out and creating my own business, you know, being in the financial industry, which honestly really hasn't changed much. And I was like, this has got to change. We have to talk about the behaviors, we have to talk about the emotions. I mean, yes, I can give anyone a beautiful spreadsheet, Monte Carlo analysis, financial plan, all of that stuff, because that's my background. Yet it doesn't do any good if you have all of that information and you stuff it in a drawer. And you don't apply, and you don't apply it personally to your own situation. And most advisors aren't trained in behavioral um, and emotional finance with money. And they don't talk about it. They're uncomfortable with it because, you know, again, the goal is for them to gather more assets. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this. To me, success is when when I empower my clients to... Create their own success. I don't need to be managing their money. I can teach my clients how to do it, you know? And really, I mean, it really comes back to that what you were saying about knowledge is power because as soon as you know this and you know what you need to do from point A to point B, the rest is just, you know, execution. And that's the beauty of having someone who's kind of on the outside now, is, you know, consulting you as a client or as a business owner, is like, okay. You know, do this, 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 and this, even though at some point you might hand it over to someone. Right. Um, that's either that's my plan. Level. I will be handing yeah. this over to you yeah. at some point. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, mo- and so you can focus on your zone of genius. That is the yeah. key thing, is really focusing on that. And that's what I do is like, okay, let's just learn how to wash the dishes with your money. And then from there, turn it over, you know, to whomever that you can trust and, and guide you accordingly. But a lot of this you can really do on your own. Yeah. And knowledge is, like I said, power, and especially from the business aspect of, like, okay, why am I not making my goals? You know, and where should I? I had a great year. What should I be doing with all of this money? Right. So yeah, it's really important. And um, so I, I I think there's so many uh ways as far as and we're going to talk about profit first, which I love. Thank Mike. I'm going to slaughter his last night, right? (laughs) Um, Machine mic. I think you say one to call a machine mic or something, but motorbike, motorbike. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, great, great, great resource profit first. Love it. And, you know, I've always done a version of it all, all my life anyway, of like really kind of, okay, where's my taxes? Where's going, where's that money going? You know, paying myself first, I think is one of the key number one things to do because and as an entrepreneur you're just reinvesting into your business and you're like, "Well, wait a second. Here we are at the end of 2022. Where did all this money go?" you know.
0: And Tony Robbins actually he talks about knowledge is potential power, right? So, um just me having the knowledge but not doing anything with it, right? Like stuffing it in a drawer is not going to be helpful and i really think working especially with something as emotionally charged as money but really i mean you know and that's why i'm a coach and and i work i commit to work with coaches because i know the power of the accountability and sort of forcing me <laughs> to look at it again especially with something as emotional as money and there were times when um i was educating myself i mean you and i would have conversations and then I was also reading some books um, for better or for worse, but I would come to these calls for, you were so gracious, but I would come pissed. I was mad or I was very upset. I was sad. I was like tears, right? Like nobody told me about this with my 401k, right? Like my 401k that I, from my divorce and all of the things, uh, I took my hands off of it and said, I don't know, this guy seems to know, you know, we'll just call him Chad, the Chads of the world. Uh, Like he seems to know what he's doing and come to find out he did not, he was not serving me at all. And I was, there was a lot of emotion. There was a lot of anger, a lot of (laughs) wrestling. Um, sadness, regret, right? Beating myself up about the shoulds and I should be farther along and I should have done it this way. And I'm so glad that I had a coach to help me through that because I don't think I would have ever done it on my own right. because that's right. terrible. It feels horrible. Right. Yeah. And yeah. to not have somebody who knows what the heck they're doing, who knows what they're talking about, who isn't, yeah, who has the background and the expertise to to be an advisor but also a coach to say yes. like let's yeah. yeah man is process your emotions but also here's where we yes. go from here.
1: Yes. And also to learning how to ask, you know, I mean I work most of the clients I have, they have their own advisors and and which is great. But I also, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've come across clients who've had the exact same experience that you have. And you know really from an inside standpoint, you know, advisors as a whole. Um, you know, again, always trying to find someone who's a fiduciary. But you know, the bottom line is, is that if you are working with someone and they don't have your best interest, even though they could still be a fiduciary, but their bottom line is, when you're working for like, you know, uh, um, you know, one of those. The like a Merrill Lynch or JP Moore or whatever they they are forced in life. a way not forced <laughs> yeah so yeah um, you know we call them wirehouses to you know they have to bring in assets that is their goal they right. have goals they have you know um, they have everything that they need to be doing yet if they're not getting extended education if they're not you know really if they're talking over their clients. You know, they want their clients to be dependent upon them. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. And that's where being now outside of the industry and independent, I can consult and be like, okay, these are the questions that you need to ask your advisor. You know, these are the things that you really need to know so you can understand where your money is going. And also too, one of the things that we always talked about too is like, do you have meaning for your money? Meaning do you have a purpose? Is there an impact that you want to make as business owners, as, as high achievers, as purpose-driven, we want to make an impact, not only with our businesses, but also be able to do that with our money. And how do you do that? And so those are the things that, you know, we talked about as well too, but it has to be right for you, not for what XYZ advisor tells you to do with it. You know, it's a big thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, how yeah. is this? How do I want to create my yes. business? And honestly, yes. you know, I let go of my through this process, I've let go of my million dollar goal. And I don't necessarily want to create a million dollars yeah. in a year yeah. because I actually don't want the staff and the headaches yeah. and the yeah. extra like yeah. just because you make a million dollars doesn't mean you have a million dollars. Right. Right. You just increase so all of your expenses. So um really saying, what is it I want? What kind of business do I want to create and what feels abundant and rich? And I did a podcast in December about what is a rich life Um, and allowing yourself to experience that. And, and I want to get into like some of the actual strategies and tactics and things that we did, but um, I'll just, I wanted to mention that whole idea of the ceiling, right? The, the, that threshold um where you're it's kind of that thermostat right where you're go- you might create more money but if you don't deal with your money issues and you don't get the education and the knowledge around it and and I like what you said of creating purpose and meaning for yes. your money um yes. and you don't deal with this stuff you're going to hit a ceiling where you're you get uncomfortable and then you're going to sabotage yourself and you're going to yep. come right back down <laughs> to where you yep. were right yeah it's yep. like the lottery winners that you know, yes. over time, they always come back down to wherever they started from. So, Correct. yeah, it's um, if we don't learn, like figure out what's going on in our brains to cr- increase the the temperature on the thermostat, we're just going to yep. keep hitting that and come right back down. And we're going to yeah. be like so frustrated that we can't get past a point right. you know, financially or otherwise in our business, whether it's the number right. of customers or whatever that is, right?
1: Yeah. And I think that was a really big, that was a huge turning point for you It was almost kind of like, okay, how to create that rich life without having to hustle and kill yourself. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, okay, creating that life is the key thing. Like, you know, how you want to wake up in the morning and how you want to enjoy your day and how you want to enjoy experiences and and, you know, do you want to travel and what does that look like? And where, where tactfully should we, should we put some of that, you know, so you have those funds in order to enjoy those experiences. Right. And I and think, you know. Not just about spending more and more and more
0: money no, on, on yes. little things. It's deciding yep. what's really important to me. Yep. Where do I want to spend that money? And, and a rich life is feeling good about the money you do spend.
1: Yeah. Without regret. Exactly. Too. Yeah. And knowing exactly that it's actually in a place that's working for you instead of against you. Yeah. That is a huge thing too. And, um, realizing that, you know, I think sometimes hitting that easy button, that simple button really create this beautiful life that you need without all of this hustle and, you know, reaching for, I think in the, ind- the coaching industry, especially it's almost like, you know, multiple seven. It's yeah, like, you got to go right. for it. This is your duty yeah. to
0: do this. And I'm yeah. like, actually, I no. don't
1: want that. <laughs> exactly.
0: I want you know? a beautiful business that, that yeah. just, I get to spend my, the majority of my time coaching right. and helping my clients transform their lives, not you know, right. work not working on like or managing other people and not exactly doing all the exactly the, the performance pieces that come with a really yeah. big
1: business and yes. having those, yeah. yeah I was oh, gonna go say, ahead. and having those clients that are that you truly enjoy and yeah. can't wait to work with. Yes. You know I mean? oh,
0: yeah, I love yeah. my clients. We're recording this on Valentine's Day, and I just Yay! put out a podcast about loving your business, and yeah. I just like. Gushed in a letter about just how much I love my clients. Like, yeah. I love them. I love my fuel members. I love you know everything I'm doing. I just love them so much. So yeah. that's a rich life for sure. It is. I just, I would
1: like want to
0: hang out with them. I want to. Yeah. Hang out. I wish
1: I, we all do. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and, and the fact that you can't wait to get up in the morning yeah. and get so excited for your day to me, you can't put a price tag on yeah. that. You really can't.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah. Yeah. percent. I mean, yeah, yeah. Coaching high achievers who are just hustling, getting after the next thing, the next thing. If I just get the yes. next bonus, the next, the next amount of money, then I'll finally feel happy and safe and rich. And it, yes. n- you just keep moving the finish line out, right? You're on that a right. treadmill of just like more and more and more, and it's never. Enough. Enough. yeah I'm on a mission to help change that
1: <laughs> yes clients exactly so, yeah exactly I know
0: well, let's talk about some of the um in the last ten or so minutes we have left, we can talk about some of the the tactical strategy yeah. things that I did, and I want to just offer like you know, you come with my full recommendation if anybody out there is listening and they're like, yes, this feels like me, especially women, I think women, you know, I was raised to like you let your husband deal with all the yes. finances and and I think a lot of times women especially put their head in the sand, not that yeah. men don't, but <laughs> or learn this stuff. But if you want to really learn about your money and learn how to invest and get all of your retirement stuff set up. Um, I highly recommend working with, with you Robin and, um, creating that, uh, because yeah, it wasn't just coaching. We did a lot of strategy. So, um, I know we started with kind of just an overall expense, you know, income expenses, looking at everything that was coming in and out, but then we really dug into my retirement, what I did have and made a strategy for that. So, um, Yeah. Maybe just share a little bit more about like what your philosophy is behind retirement and why it's so important.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I think so. So I'm like a massive tax nerd. I really am. I I just, I don't know. I just, I finished my CFP and I'm just like, that was my favorite class that I took was taxes. And, you know, I don't (laughs) want to prepare them, but I I really, I know it's so true. You're such a nerd. (laughs) I know, I love it, and um, you know, because also too, everything's changed. Like, you know, they just passed the Secure Act, and at the end of 2022, and it's a huge win for a lot of people because it's like, okay, now they don't have to take. And again you know, if you're in that 30 to 50 year old range, you don't need to worry about it right this second. But for my older clients, you're like, yes, I don't have to take anything until 73 now. And at some point 75 and, you know, everyone's worried about social security, but I think, you know, diving into the tactical analysis piece is, you know, that's my left brain. And I really love doing that work, but I also like combining you know, both the, you know, I want to call the spirituality or the behavior piece to the tactical. And the retirement is a really big um, spot to work in. It's like, okay, should you be maxing out your 401k? Well, if you're not getting a match, then maybe we need to look at putting some money in a tax-free bucket, you know, and talking about the Roth and there's There's so many advantages to having that and not having to be forced to take out what's called a um, RMD or require a minimum distribution. So basically what you're doing is you're just kicking the can down the road for your taxes when you're just sucking it away at 401k. Yes, you can take the tax deduction now, but I also know so many people are still working later in their life. So it kind of defeats the purpose. So again, there's, you know, tactical strategies as far as, okay, where, how much you're putting into your 401k, where is it invested? Is it in a Roth? Is it not? And is the investments feel good to you? I mean, that is a really big question. It's like, okay, you know, there was key items that you didn't want to invest in that, you know, were aligned with you. I think Monsanto was one of them. We talked about that, you know, specifically. You know, or China or whatever, whatever that is, those are the questions that, you know, when you're making your money and you want to put it into something to, you know, not only for your retirement, but you also want to make sure that you're putting into companies that feel right for you. And yeah. that's the number one question to really, you know, dive in. And also, too, there's a difference between risk tolerance and risk um behavior um, or, you know, risk aversion, because, you know, you can fill out those forms that your financial advisor gives you. But if the market starts crashing, and you put down that you're aggressive, maybe you need to revisit (laughs) that because the behavior and what you logically your brain puts down are not in a cohesive match. So that's where we kind of dive in, you know, tactfully and like, okay, are are you really where you need to be? Yes, you should be here because of your age group, but does it feel right for you? And that's yeah. a big one, you know, and not to feel shameful as a result, because I think, you know, a lot of advisors like, oh, well, you have to be here because you're gonna, but you know what, maybe it's okay. Maybe there's other, you know, roundabout ways to getting to your goal without having to be shamed into an X, Y, Z investment or X, Y, Z strategy. That's, yeah. a one. that's true. You... I
0: left out shame. Yeah.
1: That's yes. some shame
0: coming up. And yes. certainly when we start yes. talking about money, we yes. often assume there will be feelings of shame, which feel terrible. Yes. So we avoid it. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, I like your approach where it was like, what feels good? And there are multiple ways to get there. Yeah. And I think something that early entrepreneurs and I didn't know this much about it either. And I'm um, working with you, and also I, I know he talks a lot about it in Rich Dad Poor Dad. But um, just the idea that your business actually, like people who don't have a business or who are W two, are at some disadvantages yeah. um, in retirement, and how they can use your how you can use your business as a way to. Um, I don't know, avoid taxes or defer yes. or move things yep. around. Like it actually becomes yep. a really powerful tool in a wealth yes. strategy if you know how yes. to use it right.
1: Yes, 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 very true. And, you know, I, and also too, you know, a lot of people, and especially during COVID, I mean, you know, they they might've kept their W-2, but they might also might've started a little side hustle. And so then that, you know, brings in this whole beautiful strategy and dynamic yeah of how they can actually optimize their taxes. I'm a firm believer in having a great CPA that works with you. And, you know, that can kind of give you those strategies as well too. But again, they're in that CPA world where when you're working with someone who's more from the financial planning or strategy standpoint, they work together, you know, and, um, but, yeah, it's it's amazing. There's so many benefits of, you know, being an entrepreneur. And I think, you know, um, making sure you have those again in alignment with you, um, but also too, as far as, as you go forward, you know, making sure that you're looking at your margins. And one of the number one things that I see with new entrepreneurs is they, they, they get their overhead way too high. And, you know, the first three years are the most critical years. And, you know, they want to buy the latest things or they need this or they justify it in their head. Right. Really it's a business expense. It. Yeah, it's a business <laughs> expense. Woohoo! You know, let's write let's it <laughs> off. But then the bottom line is you still have to take that money out of your account. You mm. know what I mean? So you're going to get it one way or another. And cash flow is the number one issue. Cash flow is key when you're coming to a business and, you know, that robbing Peter to pay Paul. And that's where I think setting up that profit first and in a version of that, that works for the, for each of you is like, it's really critical. And Yeah. um, yeah. And I think, you know, making sure you have your retirement, but not only that, we call it risk management. So like, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, what happens to you? Do you have a partner? And that was a safety question. Like if I got hurt, I don't work. I don't make money, right? I am the business. Yeah. So that was a key area that we really dived into is really risk management and making sure that your business is protected in case something happens to you. And, or, you know, how are you, are you leaving it? Is there a legacy that you want to create and leave to someone? Yeah. So, you know, that was that was the other piece that we started diving into after we created that foundation with the retirement. Let's talk about the risk management, you know? And, and I can say this honestly is like, you know, I don't have children, I'm 57 and I'm actually here in Florida taking care of my elderly mom. She has no long-term care. And, you know, a lot of advisors If they only do investments, you got to have this conversation about, okay, what's going to happen to you if you get into a car accident? I mean, you could end up in long-term care, you know, when in your thirties and forties and not realize it, these are conversations to have. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's uncomfortable, but you have to have them and you can set things up accordingly so that everything is taken care of as well. So 100. Yeah, yeah. percent So
0: some yeah. of the things we did were um I'd already started a Roth, but yes. understanding um, so maxing that out where I yes. could. Um, we opened a solo 401k, which yes. I had never really understood how that could benefit me on my taxes. And so yep. it really instead of paying taxes on that as revenue and income, I'm now kind con- of sheltering that money and it it really I don't know if it's a complete wash, but it's pretty close. So yeah. that's a real win. Um, we moved some um some older 401k rollover stuff yeah. around. Um what else did we do? Um, the risk management the,
1: piece we looked yeah. at, Yep. Yep. got you set up with that. Yeah, yes.
0: and then the long-term well, health healthcare care insurance, yes. which was really yeah. um huge for yep. me. I I called my brother and I said um I said by the way you're off the hook and he's like oh what was I on the hook for and I said well you were kind of on the hook to take care of me if I didn't uh if I didn't manage my finances or have some of these pieces in place and I mean it was very uh, kind of an emotional conversation where you know I had always kind of in my back of my mind like just said well like you know, I guess my brother will take care of yeah, me if I exactly. <laughs> I really don't do a good job and and he kind of laughed, but I was like, that was an amazing win for yeah. me to say, yeah. I got it. Like I got yeah. my retirement figured yeah. out. I'm working on that. I got my long term health care insurance. um, we're adding some you know umbrella policy to my insurance yeah. to help if I yeah. was in a car wreck. Like I am protecting the business and um, setting up emergency funds for yes. both my personal life and the business. One of the most emotional pieces um, that really helped me was the profit first system. Yeah, And um, I want to just talk a little bit about that. Um, We won't go into super detail. Obviously, I I highly recommend getting the book. Let's just kind of at a very high level, talk a little bit about it. The way that I, and I will say when you brought it up, I was like pretty resistant to it. I had heard about it before and I was like, ugh not another, (laughs) not another strategy or tool or some book I have to read. I don't know. I was very resistant. I was like, I don't know.
1: Those people are. I know. I know.
0: So I did get the Audible book and he's pretty hilarious. Yeah, Yeah. he's great. Love it. So if you got to listen to a book about finances and (laughs) money, um, definitely he's pretty, he's pretty entertaining. But um, I guess what I learned, what I what came out of it for me was, you know, at a high level, it's kind of the envelope system of setting up different buckets uh, for yeah. your money to go into, um, really flipping it around instead of it being um, profit equals sales minus
1: expenses. So it's normally income minus expenses equals profit, right? Yes. So, you know, you have you whatever's get your left clients. over the little, scraps. yeah, whatever's left over, <laughs> right? So now it's basically profit minus sales equals the expenses. So that right there is a game changer because then, you know, people are like, oh, I'm going to justify all these expenses. And then the profit piece is like nil, you know? So I think just switching that piece and that thought the mental thing you know, more than anything. It's, it's totally like, wait, is.
0: I am in yeah. business for myself yes. and to create. A profit, like let's not forget right. but that's right. part of running a business. Yeah. And not just breaking even, right? Like, we do yeah. need to put that at the forefront, right? It's using our reticular activating system to say, yes, yeah. I'm looking for profit, not looking for expenses. Right. It also constrains our expense account to be a little bit more mindful about like yeah. not just throwing things into the expense bucket.
1: Yes. So definitely
0: makes it more, yeah, you're just focused on it more and you're making profit a priority. And one of the big things for that was, um, yeah, setting up the profit account where I actually got to take a percentage that goes yeah. into this guilt-free bucket, right? That yes. I was like, before I, earlier I said, like, I didn't know what was mine, what was the businesses, what I needed. Right. And now I had a clearly defined bucket that was like, yes, this is your money to be able to you know, go buy something. If you want to buy it, put it towards a trip, put it, you know, like put it towards your emergency fund. Like you get to decide, but it was kind of free and clear. And then another big piece of that was having a a tax account. Yeah, There were certainly some year, a couple of years, maybe all of them of being in business where I got the big surprise at the end Mm -hmm. where I hadn't budgeted enough for taxes and was like, oh, crap, where am I going to come up with that money, right? And yep. scrambling. And so, yep. so it's our taxes and investment because those two go hand in hand. But actually having a system and a process to set money aside and make sure that's covered because we forget about that little thing, the government's yeah. money.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the government's money. It's not yours. I know. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And a lot of people, you know, they you can do quarterlies and get that all set up as well, too. But I think, you know, either way, I think if you're going to start just putting money aside for the government is the number one thing, because once, and I'm sure everyone has kind of gone through that moment in your life where you get a tax bill, and you're like, Holy crap! And there's nothing left. And we're we're like you said. Where, where to is, go? Is, oh, I spent Do I have to put it on a credit card, <laughs> and then I'm going to be charged three, four percent, or whatever that is the government charges? You know. And I think that is one of the most beautiful feeling when you come. Like, and here we are. We're in tax season, and we're doing our taxes. But knowing you have that covered, yeah. even with quarterlies on top of that. Is such a beautiful relief, you know. Not, you know, again, you won't know until you have your CPA do it, but just knowing you have a chunk of change sitting aside for it gives you such peace of mind. And that's really what it comes down to is like, you know, you, you know, even if you follow the profit first system to the T or, uh, you know, adjust it to what works for you, you know, if you just have a tax and a profit account, whatever that is for you. You know, it it just gives you that peace of mind that you can actually not wake up at 3 a.m. panicking and sweating and like, oh, my God, I got to hustle to get clients so I can actually pay my tax bill yeah. um, or, you know, get a zero percent, you know, credit card. And, oh, my God, you know, yeah. so- no, it's, it's yes. stressful.
0: Yeah. It is. And so it is. Being able to pay myself my salary, right? Yes. Like my business has to pay me, right? That yes. as a, <laughs> I am I am it. I'm the household earner. Needs to pay my yes. mortgage, all the things, creating an emergency fund, um, having the taxes. Uh, having that s- separate bucket of expenses has been really helpful for me to get more insight yeah. into my expenses yeah. and make better decisions yeah. and really ma- like understand what's my money, what's other people's money, right? whether that's services or contractors or whatever yes. that is, yes. and just really having a lot more insight into it. And I know when I went and set up those accounts, which of course I was resistant to it because I was like... Row, row, row. I'm sure yeah. most people are like, what? I have to set up. like I literally had to go to my bank and set up, you know, these four extra accounts on top of what I already had. But when I did that, moving around, it was um, right at the end of Q3, so it was perfect timing. And he talks about having that, uh, you know, quarterly shareholder meeting with yourself. And I moved all the money around. I just sobbed. I cried in like the best way in the relief and confidence and safety, right? I was giving myself a sense, a new sense of safety um, that I had never felt before because I could see my money. I was taking care. I was hooking my future self up, right? I wasn't just living in the moment, instant gratification, but I was really taking care of future me with taxes and profit And yeah, I know I came to our call the next week and just cried and just, I mean, even now I can feel that like sense of of security and confidence. And then, I mean, here's the real thing for everybody listening is like, when you feel confident, when you feel secure, you're going to act really differently in your business. When you're excited about, there is profit here. There is things that I can, you know, whether it's things I want to buy or trips I want to take or whatever it is that you're going to be more excited to show up in your business. And it's not going to be such a drain and a drag and a, yeah. you know, feeling just like, it's just this chain on your neck, you know, this anchor weighing you down. It's, you're going to show up so much differently. And I know yes. I've showed up differently. Yes, My business, um, uh, much more, Free, there's a sense of freedom that I've never had, much safer, much which leads to more abundance and less operating Mm -hmm. out of fear and scarcity. Mm -hmm. So it was really huge for me making that change. Yeah.
1: And it was, and it's a big, it's a big shift going from a big number in one account, you know, and, and like you were sharing, it's like giving that so much security. Yeah. It was almost that false security of like, okay. The number is still there. It's just divvied up into and allocated into places that will give you that security, that other peace of mind. So it's a big mind yeah. shift, you know, and I'll say um, I'm
0: still working through some of that starting a new year. I mean, yeah. it was one thing when the money was kind of all there the, in that current year, but kind of starting from scratch and like, yes. there's definitely been, there has been some, a little more scarcity, a little worry, but Ultimately, like I'm working the system and it's working for me, yes. right? And it is working. Yes. So yes. Um, such yes. a, a powerful tool uh, for folks. If you're an entrepreneur, I just highly, highly recommend reading that book yeah. and, under, you know, at least putting some portion of that. It can get pretty complex. Um, You almost need to get the real book and the audio <laughs> to,
1: yeah. to, it, to yeah. see it
0: on paper too, but um, but really powerful tools in there. And I highly recommend, um, as an entrepreneur implementing some part of that, even if it's just, I set aside 1% or 3% yeah. of what I earn into a profit account. Yeah. Um, it, it shifts everything in how you show up for your business. When you know that something in there is for you and
1: it's not just exactly. for anybody else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You got to pay yourself. You really do. Yeah. Pay the government and pay yourself, start there. That's the really quick and dirty way of just getting going, of just allocating money. And you know, the expense piece, what I love, what I love to do is the expenses that are like non-negotiable are the ones that provide you as the entrepreneur safety, meaning like the risk management piece. If something happens to you, you are actually protecting your business. So those expenses go at the top. The rest, you know, operating expenses, your, you know, um 1099 peeps that you need and all of that, those are there too. But you have to protect yourself. You have to protect your business. Yeah. Number one.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, I could talk all day about this. Stuff, I know. But stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I hope that was really helpful for people listening. And um, it's fun to just even just who cares? Like you and I are having the chat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's really all that
0: matters. But I know yeah. people listening will get um, some really good stuff out of this. And if, like I said, if you're feeling like, oh, this is me, I need more support, <laughs> then Robin is is an amazing coach. So uh, where can people find you? Go ahead and share where.
1: Yeah. Ways. So you can find me at robinhanover.com. Um, and, um, I'm on Instagram, although I am a Gen Xer. So I'm, I kind of avoided a little <laughs> bit not into the social media, but, um, yeah, so Robin uh, you can find out my bio, my story, my weight loss story, my journey from wall street to where I am now. And my mission of changing the money world here and having, um, you know, it impact on those who think who have a thought that they're bad about money, but they really are not. They just yeah. need to Knowledge nobody's that. bad with money. Nobody is learn. bad with money. It is easily something <laughs> it's you not can a learn. Genetic. <laughs> thing exactly. That you it's yes, a thought. Exactly.
0: It's something that's in yeah. your brain. Yeah. Yeah. So good. For sure. For so sure. fun. Well, thank yeah. you, Robin. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. I love that. So great. Until next time, have an amazing week. The smartest thing you can do as an entrepreneur is to invest in a who to help you with the how, to speed up your journey and help you skip the line. When you are ready for more support and accountability to finally get this thing done, you can work with me in two ways. Get me all to yourself with one on one business coaching or join food business success, which includes membership inside fuel, our community of food business founders that includes monthly live group coaching calls and so much more. It's one of my favorite places to hang out and I would love to see you there. Go to foodbizsuccess.com to start your journey towards your own food business success.